ultimate list of everything in the known universe. Tonight, in the Bumble Phil Battle Dome, we have four Christmases starring Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. He himself carved the roast beast. He's Jason Flowers. She's Mrs. Icicle. She's Mrs. Snow. She's Zara Finley Sherris. He's got a shiny nose. I'd even say it glows. It's Deepu Murti. Everything I do turns into disaster. I guess I don't know what Christmas is about. I'm Brandon Werner. In this matchup, we are battling Christmas specials. But first, let's get to know our special guest, Jason. Jason, what do you want Uncle Joey to leave under your Christmas tree? Pomade? No, wait. <laughs> Wood? Wait. Wood? Is that how it goes? Yeah. Before we enter the, enter the battle dome, we need to define what a Christmas special is. It's not just some movie that they're airing on ABC Family. Yeah, it's not. A million times. It's not every movie on the 25 Days of Christmas. Yeah. Right. But it's some of them on. <laughs> yeah, it's the ones that were created for television. Can any movie be a Christmas special if it's a full length feature film? Created for TV. TV. So, first screen has to be on TV. And then that's enough for it to pass. Yeah, oh. in the Christmas season. Yeah. And like, what about all that Jewish stuff? Which, which I, I can't think of one. <laughs> like, eight crazy days of Hanukkah. Eight, cra- eight crazy nights would be the only thing you're thinking of, and that was a major motion picture. <laughs> Although they're bringing, Disney's bringing them back, like the Toy Story one last year. There's made-for-TV TV specials that are not... Part of a TV show. Michael Bublé sings the Christmas hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. like those. And then you've got the special episode of a running TV show. Right. So, all right. So, to define it, a Christmas special is a TV-made production that was released during the Christmas season with Christmas being a theme not released anywhere else, except for later, sometimes on a DVD or whatever, if you wanted it. Okay. Right. (laughs) Welcome to the Toads. Faves, Battle Dome. This week's battle, Christmas specials. Our contestants and their totes faves Christmas specials are Jason, Saved by the Bell, two-part Home for Christmas episode. In Sync Intimate Holiday Special. Netflix's A Very Murray Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas. Zara, Garfield Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Deepu. A Very Brady Christmas. Season 1, Episode 16 of That's So Raven, The Escape Clause. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Christmas Time is Here by the SNL cast. Brandon, The Office Christmas Special, UK. South Park, Mr. Hanky, The Christmas Poo. Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Favotron matchups complete. Round one, a claymation celebration Christmas versus South Park, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Poo. So the claymation Christmas celebration is from 1987. It features two dinosaurs, claymation dinosaurs, who introduce us to a world of song, Christmas song, and it's different animated shorts. And it includes the California Raisins, who sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and it won a primetime Emmy. A primetime Emmy. Yeah. (laughs) That's the good kind of Emmy. And it actually debuted with another of my picks, the Garfield Christmas. They debuted together and then aired together 
until they eventually did not air on television anymore, which is a mistake. <laughs> and I should assume all the shorts are, are claymation shorts? They're all claymation, but different sort of styles of claymation. Yeah, I, I believe they were dinosaurs, if I'm Yeah, the dinosaurs correctly. were the hosts. There was one that, for some reason, the T-Rex had a waspy accent, like a... Like he talked like this, yeah. like that fancy gremlin in um, Gremlins Two. He had the same sort of lockjaw, like Long Island lockjaw. I'm I'm the T Rex, <laughs> and then the, the Triceratops was his character was like fat and snacking. <laughs> that was like his character descriptors. This, it, parts of this get mixed up in my head with Pee Wee Herman's Christmas special, which very easily could have ended up on my list. It must be the same team. I wonder, it the must be the same team, yeah. Because I believe those dinosaurs were in his Christmas special. I wouldn't be surprised. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. When I was little, they were hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the raisins did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And At the end. They were, like, saved for the end. That was the finale. So this is, yeah. the raisins didn't, did the raisins ever get their own Christmas special? I think this was the closest. This is the, the raisins closest game. <laughs> so then mine for this is 1997s. 1997s. South Park, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Wow. Bird. That show is still on, and I would say the last season was one of its best, so yeah. it's still doing amazing. I have to summarize Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Uh, it is South Park's first take on parroting a classic Christmas special. It has all of the beats of a classic Christmas special, and in the process, I believe, becomes a classic Christmas special. And uh, the idea of Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh was something that was taken Crater Parker's childhood, and he remembered it into his college days, and they started writing like a Christmas short where they were going to animate, and they wrote basically what became the whole episode in college, which is pretty amazing. They later would make a Christmas short, which became their backdoor pilot for South Park, which was distributed by VHS. This is before the internet, really. So the VHS got around of uh, Spirit of Christmas. So they kind of oh, took like bootlegged, bootlegged, yeah. and then they took the idea of a Spirit of Christmas short in the first season and kind of mashed it together with the Mr. Hanky uh, to make the Mr. Hanky Christmas special. I uh, wonder if they were inspired by the back door entrance to make it like poop themed. <laughs> <laughs> like that was sort of like, and they're like, oh, sure. how do we get the like back door vibe in? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, that that could be. That very well could be, Deepu. Um, yeah, but for me, I have more nostalgia about Mr. Hanky than almost anything else yeah. uh, that even anyone said because it was 97 is so long ago in my life. Sure. And I was like still very impressionable at that time. And it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. And I, in my family still, to this day, my parents put a stuffed Mr. Hanky on top of our toilet for Christmas. <laughs> so he. How does this rank in like does South Park do a has they have they done a bunch of other Christmas episodes yeah they have many Christmas episodes and this, but this sort of stands alone as this one seems like it's the I iconic think it's one. the best one there's yeah. other ones that I think are really great the the woodland creature Christmas I think is really good with the Antichrist also the Charlie Manson one is pretty good which is like Charlie Brown's Christmas but Merry Christmas, Charlie Manson, instead of Charlie Brown. They they love Christmas. But their season was over this year before they got to do it. Yeah, Christmas I think it's yeah. just if the season kind of coincides coincides right. with Christmas. They don't do a, like uh, they don't move the season to get Christmas right. in. It's just now, if it locks into now, it. 
Do either of them, though, have any doo-wop singing camels that do um, a background <laughs> chorus to We Three Kings? That almost look like Joe Camel, even as a child. <laughs> When it was like prime, when I was growing up, when it was prime, like Joe Camel marketing to children time, when that whole controversy happened, this special was that same time. And I remember being like, those camels are so cool. (laughs) Weirdly, I think the Claymation Christmas in my mind today wouldn't be able to air. I don't think it has aired in many years, but there's things about it, I feel, that are very early 90s. Was it early in 87? 87. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of doo-wop. There's a lot of doo-wop. <laughs> uh, the there's races least... themselves have kind of disappeared, uh, probably for the oh, best. Oh, I think they yeah. disappeared in 1988. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like uh, society's way of being all right with black facing. <laughs> yeah. Actually, rewatching this, I was watch- rewatching it, and there's a lot of just like, rewind. I was like, oh, that's interesting, but... I don't know if it was. Yeah, I couldn't like, tell. There's a lot of weirdness to it. There's something weird about it. The dinosaurs, also the chubby dinosaur, sounds a little. He's a little gay voiced. I will say. Yeah, and this the is, way like Paul Lind kind, kind of. of uh, this was a commercial, right? Well, the California Rangers were a commercial. Yeah, yeah. So but this, this is, thing was like otherwise. I would actually say that this would not exist because it is very Christmas like. We three kings. It's very like Jesus nativity. Yeah, yeah. It's like high Christmas. And South Park gets into Jesus and Santa, but in a funny way that I I would say all all told, any of these things. It's so weird how much when it comes to Christmas, we let all that like actual like spiritual stuff like slide. Like how how secular the religious part of. Christmas is. Yeah, which I think is what's so brilliant. Because I think there, it's silly and everything, but I think there's a brilliant side to the Mr. Hanky idea and that episode. I'm almost going to relinquish myself just because I feel like that episode has stood the test of time more than the Claymation Christmas, which is like incredibly sincere. Yeah, (laughs) we remember that episode because it's, I think it aired when we were young enough to remember it. I definitely had a VHS recording of it that I think I watched it for many years after that. Um, but yeah, I don't. It might have stumped airing for a reason. I, mean, I have to admit, Mr. Hanky, <laughs> it still airs. Like South Park now does a marathon on Christmas. It's still airing yeah. every year. Um, so I, I, are, are we safe to say Mr. Hanky moves forward? Fine, I'm comfortable. Okay, I, I would. I would say that if I watch this claymation thing, I'm. Sure, I would like get all the feels and oh, it. I'm sure I would as well. The dinosaurs are great. The claymation is beautiful. The claymation We're is talking, amazing. It's funny we've got two animated things. One of them is a the animation is a work of art, and the other one is South Park. And one is they, <laughs> make, they make it in a week. Yeah. yeah. Emmett Otter's Jug Bent Christmas versus a Garfield Christmas special. I'll start with Garfield just because we were just talking about the claymation Christmas. So it debuted together. They aired back to back and then they just kept them together. And for me as a young child, the, that was Christmas for me. It was watching when were the Gar, when is Garfield and when is claymation Christmas going to air. And Garfield also was my favorite cartoon. I was one of those kids with all of the Garfield far side Calvin and Hobbes books like sure. in a big stack. And so I was obsessed with Garfield. Um, And so the Christmas special, his Halloween special, I will say, is better than the Christmas special because it's called Garfield's Nine Lives. And each life... It's dark. It's so dark and twisted. so dark. But there's a major dark edge to the Christmas special. So the Christmas one 
also deals with adult themes, I will say. And actually, so does Emmett Otter, because I think there's a thing in Christmas or holiday movies where the sentimental aspect is sometimes also involves very, very sad grown-up things. Yeah, but can we just unpack how sad the Christmas twist is? Well, the Christmas twist is, the whole thing is Garfield's an asshole. That's the joke of Garfield is that he's an asshole. He loves lasagna. He's mean to Odie. He's mean to John. That's it. So, of course, like John and Odie are excited about Christmas. Garfield doesn't care. He just is in it for the presents. And so they go home to the countryside where John's family randomly lives. So John is a family that we never knew about. He's from the country. The country. Yeah. (laughs) And he has um, a grandma, mom, dad, and brother called Doc Boy, which is and was weird to me as a child. Dumb, right? Because he's a country person. Yeah, he's like a hick. Yeah. And so, but grandma is very sassy and grumpy as well. And so Garfield and grandma bond. So how Garfield bonds with the grandma? He's mean too, and she's like likes doing pranks on people. So they're kindred spirits. Garfield goes to spy on Odie. And then somehow in the garage, Odie's building something. And Garfield's like, what's up with this? And so he tries to be mean to Odie, knocks over a box, and it has a bunch of letters in it. And the letters are grandma's old love letters from her dead husband. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. This is what happens. Oh, yes. And then Garfield uses it as a letter box? No. Garfield <laughs> takes the letters, realizes what they are, and then on Christmas morning, Grandma's just sitting by herself looking out the window because that's Grandma's chair, which is also very unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma just likes to look out the window in her rocking chair. And Garfield brings her the letters, and she's like, oh, no, I haven't seen these in 50 years. These are his letters from during during the war, and it's very moving. And yeah. then Garfield realizes the true spirit of Christmas isn't gifts, but it's love, and, and giving, <laughs> and giving, and giving. But uh, so it's also that's so adult the themes that you have to understand as as a child yeah. to get yeah. that. That grandma had a previous life before she was grandma and, and was in he, love with a man, and he's but, gone. But the, now. I, don't, I don't know how adult it is. Is is it's complicated. Yeah. yeah, but like it works as a kid on the like sad. Yeah. That's all you have to understand as oh. a kid. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Also, I think it's that you have to remember that in Garfield's world, he doesn't speak. Sure. So he is literally just a cat. Right. Right. But so communicating the, with grandma, they have whole conversations. Oh, I, didn't, I forgot about this. Yeah. yeah that's right. For some reason, grandma can communicate with the cat. But no it's not like they're speaking can. directly to each other, but they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just imagine because Garfield really just is a cat in that world, uh, and the cat comes and brings you the letters. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. "Where did you find me?" That's so funny. Yeah, and then also in it, Odie, the thing he was making was a back scratcher for Garfield, and so then Garfield, especially again, oh. is given a gift oh. by the oh boy, the oh. animal he abuses. Do and we know if dogs gra- are so sweet. I know. <laughs> Do we know if Grandma's husband died on a Monday? <laughs> <laughs> now, Zara, I've never heard of Emmett Otter's Jug so, Band. Oh. Here, I, I have heard of it, but only in name only. This is oh. not a thing okay. I've ever watched. Oh. So I wish <laughs> we could push. It's a Henson. Yes. Okay. It's a Henson thing. Jim Henson yeah. presents. What year is this? 1978. Okay, so and it was actually made for HBO, which was weird to me, and CBC, the which Canadian Which I think is why it's so... 
beautiful and artistic. They must have given them a lot of money because it looks great. And I do remember, we'll get into this, but I've got vivid memories of behind the scenes. Yeah, and this one was more complicated because usually they would just sort of puppet from below. But in this and this one, had whole worlds sure. and floorboards. Whole worlds, and, but also yeah. a lot of the worlds because they're otters or water. Yeah. And they had to figure out a whole rig to make a boat practically float on water and have a puppeteer that can put his hand into it. And so Emmett Otter's Jogman Christmas was the Jim Henson Company's big Christmas special. It's almost like the, a bluegrass fable of a young otter growing up in small town otter America with his mom. It's a well, not just m- otters, it's all oh, sorts of Oh, the animals. woodland creatures, yeah. yeah. But Emmett Otter lives with Ma and in a, I think it's called Waterville. It's like adorable small town America. And the thing I had to read online is it's actually an adaptation of an O. Henry short story called The Gift of the Magi. It is. Which is... Nuts! It is, it, is, it is the gift of the magi. Yeah. So the Many idea, Christmas specials are the gift of the yes, magi. Yes, it said, and so the idea about that is that well, in this story, Ma and Emmett are so poor, and Ma has to take in laundry. This is another thing, like as a child watching this, and it's like there's two little animals living in poverty, and they can't afford Christmas yeah. presents. Yeah, they're, they're covered. They're like covered in rags, basically. Yeah, we had such different interests in our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, never sought out, like, destitute, sad souls. <laughs> I was like grandma in her chair looking out the window. Emmett, to get money to... Um, buy Ma a present. Buy Ma a present. He decides to enter a jug band contest. Or it's just a talent a, competition. A, 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 a con- but you need money to enter the contest. And so he ends up... The Gift of the Magi twist on it is he basically does, like, handiwork. And so he starts a jug band with his friends and sells or uses the mom's wash tub, and she, her livelihood is... Oh, to make a base. To make a base. Yeah. But her whole livelihood is taking in laundry. Washing and clothes. then Ma has the same idea to buy a present for Emmett and enter the contest, so she sells Emmett's tools Yeah. in order to get the money. Right. And then they both secretly go to the contest, enter it, and they lose to, to another town's band. Who is the greatest thing it's ever created. <laughs> The so other town's it. band. It's that- called the River Bottom Night ba- Nightmare Band. <laughs> <laughs> they are a glam rock, oh, like, man. scary animal band. And they just, not so come, they're like almost heavy metal. They just kind of like scream. punk rock. Yeah. But the, the main singer in it is like a bear with like pink hair and silver costume. And one's like a porcupine, right? It's all like the bad They're animals. all like a weasel and, they wear, and a bear They, they and a ride snake. motorcycles and yeah. they have leather jackets. And they have bad attitudes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so they win the contest. I don't. Want, I don't know if I should I just go in to spoil the ending. No, no, it's okay. Basically, Ma sings a song that is so sad. Oh, it's, it's so like sad. Karen Carpenter level sad. I would say oh. mm-hmm. it's like is it a, which is you it probably loved as a child. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the kind of ghost hanging over this one is, of course, like the dead dad. Yeah. So you've got two dead dad situations here. Yeah. Um, I my vote firmly is for Emmett I'm going, Otter's. Yeah, I'm sorry, Garfield, but Emmett Otter. You just Google image him and you'll see his little sweet face. <laughs> and he's so poor. He's so poor. <laughs> I like otters more than cats in general, so <laughs> I mean I'm hashtag team Garfield all the way, always have been, but I can see the the love that's happening with the the other. Thing. 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus A Very Brady Christmas. So, A Very Brady Christmas takes place 20 years after the original Brady Bunch. Um, and in sort of a not particularly gifted magic situation, both um, Carol and Mike were planning vacations to faraway destinations, surprised each other with surprise vacations, and realized that they couldn't go, so they just have all the kids back to the house. And like, boy, have things changed for all of them. So much, so much change that some people are different actors and actresses. <laughs> oh, couple, but a lot of them are the same. <laughs> yeah, most of them. It was the mostly same. like a Cindy situation you were always dealing with, right? Yeah. So just to <laughs> like highlight a couple of like big twists that happened in the twenty years is passing. Bobby dropped out of business school to be a race car driver. <laughs> Jan's on the verge of a divorce with her husband. Oh no. And Sam cheated on Alice. Whoa! Yeah, that's wow. right. Yeah, Sam turned to be uh, to be a, a cheater. Is this a whole hour? This is like um, a movie. I it's think it like- was. Uh, it was a full length movie that was made for TV. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what happens though is that Mike Brady, who's an architect in his old age, I guess he makes a faulty building that <laughs> collapses on him while he's in there. And he's about to die. And then there's this beautiful throwback to the original Christmas special of the um, Brady Bunch where Carol's afraid she's going to lose her voice and can't sing Oh Come All You Faithful. So she reprises it to lure Mike's spirit back out of the building and um, it gives him saves strength his life. to like lift it's, the wood off of him. It's, it's <laughs> so funny to me that that movie relies on the fact that you must believe that architects, unlike work in like the same way like NBA basketball players do, that, <laughs> yeah, you, get, a bad that you get worse like the longer you are versus like becoming a better architect towards the end of your career. Yeah, I don't go that into bu- I don't go into buildings designed at like seventy and up. I do not go <laughs> yeah. in there. The idea that you would make a faulty building because you've been an architect for thirty years is so funny. Well, I think I added that twist. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> that was, like, that wasn't that's... like like I would uh, too bad it. for Zara. They weren't mentioning his like onset of Alzheimer's. Because oh then no. she really would have been into it. Then I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Yeah. But the most important part is uh, they are all having Christmas dinner afterwards, and there's a knock at the door, and it's Santa Claus. It's Sam oh. across, isn't it? Isn't it and Sam? yeah. Yes. He doesn't have any oh, gifts. Oh, he just great. wins back Alice's love, even oh, though he cheated so on romantic. her. Is it? It's still the same house, right? Or do they live in a different house? It's the same house. It's the same yeah, house. That's crucial. <laughs> that's a very Does important the, for you to yeah, make up that, your mind. <laughs> oh, man, that's like, the be- that's like, I'll say it, a house is like New York City. It, it's a character. Yeah, the that Brady house Bunch is house a character. is like such a character. Of the show. Yeah. Wait, so it's set in the future so that no, all the original actors. No, real time has passed. It's real time has passed yeah, since it's not, the there's 60s. There's no old age makeup. These people have aged. Okay. That's great. Well, what other shows wonderful. have done that? Uh, well, we'll get to one okay. that has done that. <laughs> it seemed to be something they did more in the 70s and 80s where yeah. they would bring them back years later. Like they did it with Gilligan's Island and they did it with uh, the Monsters. They did it with... Uh, they don't do it enough. I feel like they should do one with Frasier. They've always talked about... Seinfeld sort of did it with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, like just reunion shows, reunion kind of things, shows, but they but should these, center them around Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it was smart to set that one around Christmas because it kind of probably gave them a budget to, yeah. to, to make. What needs to be said? I mean, this is such a classic, <laughs> but I'm not even going to defend Rudolph because I actually find Rudolph the character to be a little annoying. 
Oh, he's, inc- he's incredibly annoying. He's very <laughs> annoying. But um, it's more for the supporting oh, cast yeah. of the Island of Misfit Toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the Jerry of that whole group. <laughs> Wait, who's, who's Jerry? Like, he's the Jerry from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, <laughs> things are other characters. Is he the more Ross from Friends? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's more of the Ross. Rudolph's the Ross. <laughs> Like, no one really cares, but we love his friends. We love Phoebe, and Phoebe, in this case, is the Island of Misfit Toys. And uh, King Moon... Um, uh, Moon Racer. Moon Racer. Which I had forgotten his name, and that's amazing. So the idea is that there's an island of other misfits, like how Rudolph's a misfit, but the mis- the idea of what a misfit is is See, so crazy. I'm a, <laughs> first off to get into this is that that is just like a three minute sequence, but you went right to it. Yeah. <laughs> like in just, in just saying what this so is, the saddest can, thing. you know, the Rudolph story. We don't need to get into that. There's an Island of toys right. and they're misfits. misfits. There's an Island and there's and a one lion of them with is wings. just a misfit because she's <laughs> upset. She's depressed. And this is the thing that I found. So there's one of the toys is a doll that's just called Dolly. And she has no, all the rest of them are like, I'm a train with wheels that are squares or I'm a like elephant with polka dots. And it's like, oh, that's a wacky, but not actually life changing. I'm a Charlie problem. in the box. I'm a Charlie in the box. He was annoying too. But who know, who would know that my name is Charlie? <laughs> Which is a song. It's a whole song. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but Dolly the doll. So, and we had always talked about this, that she just seemed a little down, and that was her, <laughs> her misfit. And then I read on Wikipedia that it's never explained, but then many, it said many decades, decades later on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me um, from 2007, the, the special guest was um, Arthur Rankin Jr., which, who was the producer. Rankin uh, Boss, yeah. who's the people that yeah, created, created every, it. So he was the main specials. producer there, and he said... They actually <laughs> hand-animated the Brady special. Um, he said that Dolly's problem was psychological (laughs) so it's been confirmed by the producers and he said it was caused by being abandoned by her owner like in Toy Story 2 well women are two to three times more likely to get depression than men fun fact (laughs) from the psychiatry department I think that also might have been the first um, twink I ever saw on TV was that little Aryan elf in the beginning part of it. Hermie? Was that his name? Like, there's like a little Aryan elf that was like a little twinkie. Uh, (laughs) We got Rudolph and very Brady. I think there's more memorable Brady bunch creations than very Brady. As I said, I love Rudolph. I'm going with Rudolph. Bobby Brady as a race, or a... A race no, you car? got a race car drive. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. That's, that's he, what he, he does. He drops out of business school. He drops out of business school to become. <laughs> I mean, I think like Rudolph is probably like. How much can you can it be your fave when it's so ubiquitous? It's so like. I think when I you said Christmas specials, Rudolph was like the first thing I thought of. You actually think I I love Rankin Bass as an animation studio. I think they're um, they did all, so much with so yeah. little, uh, and it's. I don't think it even make my top five of their. Well, I was gonna do the Snow Miser, Heat Miser. That's one, a year without a Santa Claus, which is the best song in all of them. Yeah, and uh, but also the Santa, special but also is boring. No one remembers. I feel I think it would be the best one, which is uh, Santa Claus. Is, Santa Claus is the coming to town, which 
does what so many thing, things have tried to do, which is create a real mythology around Santa Claus yeah. and where he came from. And I think they did a really good job of it. Um, and there's a whole German thing. But anyway, that, <laughs> we're, not, we're talking about that. I mean... <laughs> I, 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 my vote remains in Rudolph because I do, I do really love Rudolph uh, over, and I, I'm saying this with knowledge. Sure. I know a very Brady Christmas. <laughs> uh, there's something so uniquely fun to me about a very Brady Christmas. <laughs> like Santa Claus calling it, like an architect who gets bad as he gets older. Race car Bobby. The house is still there. Where's, what's Marsha up to? Um, Marsha's husband lost her job. Wally. Who, Wally, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even need notes for that. That was. <laughs> I just have that. Oh man, that's so fantastic. I think I want to pick uh, Rudolph because of its ubiquitousness. Like it is like the. It can still be a favorite, and I think it's the favorite because it like it says Christmas special in some domain. You know. Sure. Yeah. I'm picking Rudolph, but you made me want to watch the Brady Christmas special. Oh, there's no doubt we're going to watch the. I mean, I, I, I would also argue that a 15-hour marathon of us all watching all 15 of these is <laughs> a great way to spend your time. I'll Skype in. Yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus The Office Christmas Special UK. Okay, so first I'm going to talk about The Office UK special. Now, I'm going to first say that uh, I hadn't watched it in a few years. Uh, I just watched it recently and ended up, I forgot about the emotional bombshells at the end of that episode. It's like two hours, right? It's two hours. I think, I really think that last, yeah, it was two episodes. I think the last episode is really the, the meat and potatoes of it. The first one barely has anything to do with Christmas. It's just like a lead up. I've seen it three times because I, I love the, I love both versions of the office. I will argue that both have are legitimately really good things. Sure, for sure. Um, because I know some people will slam the U.S. version, but the U.K. version ends in such a beautiful way and I think makes the Jim, Pam, Tim, Don... There's, they, they both took those in very different directions because as they branched away from each other. Um, but the U.K. office really did it in such a beautiful, like, very real way. The paint set. The paint set. The I paint cried set so hard. It's just... It's a, it, just it just kills you if you forget it if you forget that she's gonna open it up yeah. and it's a pain set because it was long enough that I had completely forgotten that that's what the present is and then when she opens up the paint set mm. it was just like welling with tears yeah. this is just like the Brady thing in that so Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant were getting a lot of push to make a third season of The Office by the BBC and all the fans everyone in a third season but because Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant are all about ending things when they feel like they are, should be ended, they only ever wanted to do two, BBC really pushed them and got them to write a Christmas special. Because in the UK, they take Christmas specials to and Christmas in general to another level. Chris, basically, TV shuts down for about a week, right? I'd say oh, it's, it's, a about, month. it's about a month. Yeah. TV shuts down and you've got like full out Christmas specials, but they're still a very Christian country. I feel like they really, they really go at the Christmas stuff in, in their episodes. They, like it's less religious, more like the, we're all having turkey together yeah, and, and like, opening presents. Like especially and the Doctor Who yeah. ones, they kind of they're more it's about goofy. like the it's English like, Christmas. So they'll do yeah. like stuff about like Christmas crackers, Christmas carols, and, and crackers yeah. and all that kind of thing. Tinsel. They have a lot things. more to work with, I think, with Christmas than we do. 
Um, it's like Thanksgiving for them is yeah. Christmas. They just have a lot say. more things around Christmas to make jokes about and yeah. stuff. And they say uh, happy instead of merry. So this was a big, you know, BBC Christmas month uh, special. And the idea was, like the very Brady, they bring the characters back uh, three years after the documentary aired. Because uh, like you forget, The Office was filming a documentary. And so the documentary aired on the BBC. And this is wh- what happened to all those characters with the repercussions right. of that airing, which the U.S. office did, too, when they ended their show. They jumped ahead a little bit and like the show had aired and everyone saw how everyone felt about right. each other. The boss, David Brent, come to like, terms with not being a celebrity and he's still a jerk and Gareth is now the head of the office and Tim is Tim still Tim quit is. his job and became a race car driver. <laughs> yeah, it took him in. Uh, and it's just the whole, it's about two hours. <laughs> yes. It's two hours of tears. It's two hours of English oh, people yeah. struggling with the fact that they can't show emotion. Which is my number one cry <laughs> point. <laughs> Funs are a fact. (laughs) If you have two English people who haven't been able to tell each other they love them and then say so. The UK office is such a great way to address Christmas because Tim has this great line about uh, the people that you work with, you see them more than your family. Other side is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which is also mine. Everyone in the modern world has seen this. There's a Jim Carrey version, which I'm not going to get into. (laughs) Doesn't qualify. It doesn't yes. qualify, but I I find it strange that that has kind of made its way into the classic pantheon of Christmas movies. I think it's fine. I think it's no. Very, I'd say it's not good. I think it's fine. I would say it's watchable it's because watchable. it's like it just hits the same beats. As yeah, like, yeah, it hits the same beats of the Grinch, yeah. but it's you get it's longer. And it's the dog weird. is less cute. Dog is as cute. It's very it's of its cute, moment. Though. Like all, many cute. of the That's jokes cute. are like references to the what's the early two thousands. Yeah, it's too. Yeah. Like, would have been two thousand. Grinch, dead. how the Grinch stole Christmas, which is why I put it at my number one. It is timeless because Doctor Seuss is timeless, and unlike the Ron Howard one, it doesn't try to explain who the Grinch is. The Grinch is just the Grinch. The Who's are just the Who's. Like right? bad guys could just be bad guys. Bad guys can for just no be reason. just be green weirdos that live in the mountain. <laughs> it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It's Chuck Jones. It's incredibly animated. It has a one hundred percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that true? Yes. Oh wow. I had looked it up. I'm like, oh, I want to see what critics say about this. How did it originally air? Was it like a CBS? TV, I think it might have been ABC. It was TV. Oh wait, I was reading about this. It might be one where it can't be repeated in other channels because CBS, it's like theirs videos. Yeah, it's very Chuck Jones. It's like super surreal frames of that movie. You can just take them in their works of art. And this was the first time I saw an old queen on TV. (laughs) (laughs) The Office UK and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So I love The Office UK. Like it it was a great way to end the series. But as far as it like reading Christmas to me, it seems more important that it was like the season closer of The Office. And one of the best finales of all time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it also brought to me, to my attention, the idea of what a British... Christmas special was. Oh, they it is like it is a whole other world. Yeah. And I could have assembled a whole other list of English ones. It came to America's consciousness because of Downton Abbey ends every season on a Christmas story because the season airs in the fall and then it ends on the Christmas episode. Oh right. And Doctor Who is the same thing where and it, Sherlock it airs too. in the fall and ends on a Christmas episode. And I remember having to explain it to my f- 
my parents. Like, like, why does Downton Abbey always end on Christmas? It's because it airs in the fall and ends on the Christmas. Right. And they don't do 20 episodes, so it doesn't carry into the spring. No. Right. It's almost like it's produced not as the last episode, but as an independent hour yeah. of TV. So they're often bottle episodes. So that people, the larger audience that's watching Christmas specials will tune in and be able to yeah. understand what's going on. Yeah, that's the thing. Because I remember that you said you were with your parents and that, that, that was at the point where you weren't watching Doctor Who and you all had watched the Doctor Who Christmas special without watching the yeah. series. Kylie and, Minogue was in it. Yeah, Kylie Minogue's in it. <laughs> uh, and she becomes Stardust yeah. at the end. At the uh, end. Um, this is hard because it is, it's like, here's two hours of amazing television. Here's something that's like this icon. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I think it just matters what, I mean, the list is... Christmas specials, right? So I don't know. My vote's going to go with The Grinch. I'm going for The Grinch because it's one of those things that I've seen it so many times, but there are certain parts that I'm like excited to watch again. Like when he smiles, I like can't wait to get to that part. And then you're like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The Grinch is featured prominently in uh, a movie called Home Alone Mm. that I've seen no less than 190 times. Um. And it just, that singular line of, you know, you're a mean one. Mm-hmm. It's like, as he's falling asleep mm-hmm. and the robbers come to the house, like, it's so, like, ingrained in my brain. And, like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I need to watch The Grinch. Or, like, The Grinch is just classic. Yeah. Office was my uh, last pick. Grinch was my first. So I'm going to have to go yeah. with Grinch. A Very Murray Christmas versus Season 1. Episode 16 of That's So Raven, The Escape Clause. <laughs> Season 1, Episode 16 of That's So Raven, The Escape Clause. <laughs> so these are two things that Zara and I have, have, haven't seen. I haven't seen either of these things, so... I desperately want to watch... That's a Raven, I know. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> we all do, I get it. So what happens is... <laughs> For those of you who aren't familiar with That's So Raven, it was Raven Simone's breakout starring comedy. I mean, you could say she broke out in the Cosby show. I think, but yeah, I think she, she really, broke out. <laughs> this is where she really <laughs> filled out. Oh. Um, whoa, hey now. Whoa, whoa. So Raven's a psychic. She um, often will get visions that then come true, and she gets into really wacky situations. Um, I didn't know she had a special power. I didn't know she had a special power like uh, the Wizards of Waverly Waverly Place. Yeah, she's a psychic. Uh, So she gets a vision of getting this awesome necklace for Christmas. She opens it early because she had this vision and decides to wear it at school. And the thing about Raven is she always gets into these precarious situations. (laughs) It ends up falling out a window and breaking, which led her to say one of her many catchphrases, which was, Oh, fudge. <laughs> when she dropped it out the window. So I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but she goes to the mall to get a new one and she may or may not end up dressing up like Black Santa to oh. get it back. That's like a classic Raven situation. I thought it was going to be like a Love Actually situation where she opens up and sees the necklace, but it's not for her. I, I don't think that, that that's not what happens <laughs> on the Disney Channel. You're looking for a lot of emotional depth for... Uh, I for that, yeah, I the necklace is be. actually a CD. It's a CD. It's Joni Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it might be like a sort of Christmas carol, like a psychic Christmas carol, where you're visited by three ghosts from the future, kind of. Yeah, thing. that would make make sense. Like, so where are these where do these visions come from? Like, did she have an accident as a child? I think it's genetic because her grandma's also a psychic. <laughs> oh, so it's um, like The Shining, but her mom is it. <laughs> 
It skips a generation, like werewolves. Except that, like, <laughs> really, the only thing it does is gets her into precarious situations where she has to wear different outfits. <laughs> oh, so, she, so she's not trying to, like, save the president. No, no, she's like trying to redo her math homework. Yeah, it's always like <laughs> tests. <I think. laughs> and she's like, oh, fudge. <laughs> so what's this Bill Murray crap? <laughs> All right. So the basic premise of A Very Merry Christmas is that Bill Murray, along with the help of Paul Schaefer from the CBS Orchestra and David Letterman's uh, band leader, is putting on a live Christmas special from a hotel in, like, uh, like upper Manhattan somewhere. But it is the biggest snowstorm New York has seen in, they say, of the season, but they make it feel, the doom and gloom of it makes it feel like it's the storm of the century kind of thing. The city's completely shut down, and no one has made it to the hotel to attend the special. Okay. So there's camera ready. This is a running theme, I think, in many Christmas specials is the snow traps people. Right. It's like, so instead of, yeah, being like trapped in in like a house or whatever, there's a lot of those. uh, The full house Christmas special, they get trapped in the airport. Sure. uh, Yeah, because they were going to go to Disney World or something, I think. Yes. And Santa Claus, uh, how is Santa Claus going to find Michelle? (laughs) (laughs) So how did Santa Claus find Bill Murray? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so throughout the one hour uh, special, we're treated to, uh, they go live on the air and then he has like a breakdown where he's just like, no, I can't, I can't do this. Christmas is about, you know, being with my friends. I'm not going to go live on the air if like people aren't here or whatever. So he quits and he goes out and escapes and we, we have a cameo from Chris Rock who just happens to be walking by the hotel or. Which has more cameos, this or Andy Cohen's last book? Oh, <laughs> I would say there are 16 songs in this, 15, 16 songs in this thing. Wow. Maybe 30 cameos <laughs> from like, we have Rashida Jones sings a duet and Miley Cyrus and we have Ooh. the band Phoenix. <laughs> Hannah Montana, you know her? Yeah, I know her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um Jason Schwartzman, Michael Sarah, uh, Amy Poehler. This is Maya this is Rudolph. good. This is also like a lot of Christmas specials, like the Pee Wee Herman, and it goes back to the '60s, where if you're going to do a Christmas special, you have a lot of you just cameos. Hear. You load it with cameos. <laughs> yeah. so, Jason, here's my question: If we wanted to, if we if we jumped forward in ten years, do you think somebody will be watching the Bill Murray I, a very Murray Christmas? Like, do you think I it's do. got the like power to sustain? I think so. Like Raven. It has. doesn't feel. It's not done. <laughs> <laughs> like Raven has. Yeah. No. It's like, it's done very timelessly. It's not like a current. That's good. Thing. Except for the cameos, because I'm sure. But all the cameos outside of they're not like like really, Miley Cyrus. It's not well, like I feel like who people, I think is now like here for the long haul. Good. That's what I was because sometimes when you see these it's not like Christmas specials, it's like I don't remember that person. Yeah. At all. Well, Rashida uh, Jones might not cut it in ten years. Uh, I, she, her being Quincy, <laughs> she was on the office. Her being Quincy Jones's daughter buys her like I think a foreverness when it yeah, comes to like yeah. music stuff. Yeah, she's but it's not like she's performer. on the. She's not like a guest host on The View. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a full host. Man, sorry, I, she's not a full host on The View. Yeah, don't take that away from she's her. She's a full host. My favorite thing is there's a song, the band Phoenix as a cameo. 
pimps them into doing, he's like, hey, you guys do a song nobody knows. <laughs> and they play like what I th- assumed was an original Christmas song that is maybe a new, stands to potentially be the first new Christmas song uh, since Mariah Carey's. Kind of that like hits. Oh. But then I find out this week, old buried B-side like written by Brian Wilson. It's like an old like uh, late 70s oh. Beach Boys. And it's so fantastic. Well, Beach Boys um, had, they also loved Christmas. They, they very much did. <laughs> it's really good. It ends on like a very like poignant moment. And then it's directed by Sofia Coppola. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's on Netflix. It's cool. We're calling Netflix TV, right, guys? It's I 2015. You're I mean, like, not going to call it a web series. And I mean. it being the first of that, I think it's just going to, and they're going to be able to feed it to you every year. I yeah, think it's it, smart of Netflix more than any other special. They like, can throw up a Christmas special yeah. on their on their homepage, and yeah. it's. Uh, I I look forward to watching it. I was going to wait a little bit closer to Christmas to watch it. Yeah, the only hesitation with it is like he's the greatest, but also like kind of a terrible dude. It's, to call back to our Urban Legends podcast, we were talking about the, the Bill Murray, and he's and, the worst. Yeah, and uh, but also that are we. It's like I don't want to get burned down on Bill Murray. I think you have to remove yourself from the urban legendy Bill Murray stuff. Like, yeah, internet Bill Murray sucks. I think maybe like real life Bill Murray kind of sucks, but like the, the comedian the Bill Murray is yeah. fantastic. He's, 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 he's like maybe like top five good. So the Raven special is also on Netflix. <laughs> I just looked up, <laughs> and I, I guess the only fair way we can decide this really tough decision though is like. Obviously, Jason and I aren't going to shift in our <laughs> So I think it's sure. up to you, like, oh, man, your novel viewers, Zara and Brendan. I had intended on watching the Bill Murray Christmas special, and I didn't know the Raven episode existed. I feel like so. I might have known. It might be because of Deepu has told that name to me before, the escape clause. I mean, also, that guys, Raven gold. exists and Christmas exists. So put it two and two together. Of course, this episode exists. All right, so Bill Murray has a five out of five on Netflix. Let's look what Raven has. <laughs> like Raven the person? <laughs> Is that on Netflix? I just love the general search term of Raven. Oh, my God. I see her Black Santa. Oh, that's great. Oh, Zara's turning. Oh. <laughs> Have we got confirmation? Is it the escape clause? Oh, yeah. Wait, what year is this? 2003? That makes me feel 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that so even on Netflix. Okay, I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I made it up that it was on you Netflix. You sent it on um, So I see it this way. All right, so it's, uh, it's kind of coming down to Zara and I here. Uh, I think that we've got a full-out Christmas special stand on its own and an episode of That's So Raven. <laughs> Just say you don't need to draw it out. It can, it can be a quick deal. Well, she didn't see this in her future. <laughs> Christmas time is here by the SNL cast versus Saved by the Bell, season three, episodes twenty-four to twenty-five. Home for Christmas. So what I mean, I'm now finding out, isn't called Christmas time is here. It's called, what is it called? I wish it was Christmas today. I wish it was Christmas today. So what it is? It's Jimmy Fallon. Chris Kittan, who's just holding a keyboard upright, Horatio Sands on guitar, and Tracy Morgan is just jogging and playing. <laughs> He's literally doing nothing but jogging in place. And they, they sing that sound that goes, I don't care what your mama says. 
Christmas time is near. That's all we can get in fair use. Um, <laughs> and it's so good because they did it four years in a row. Every year they like bust up cracking and just like the moment of Tracy Morgan having no other role, just the, the jog in place while they're playing the song. It's like, it's a piece of art. I remember those, those years that they were doing it. And I remember myself and my brother and my friends were like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it this year? Are they going to do yeah, Wish It Was Christmas Today? And it became a great running joke. And then years later, I think they did it like two years ago, when Jimmy Fallon got The Tonight Show. I think they did it. Yeah. But uh, SNL in general, because so let's make this clear. Deep was putting a segment of SNL. One particular <laughs> song segment. Right. Yeah, uh, not even a sketch. A... Uh, <laughs> Kind of an interesting, like a live taped digital short. Basically. Yeah, uh, into this mix, uh, I think the SNL Christmas specials. Not they do the, the clip, clip show. The last episode, the last live episode before the holidays, usually mostly Christmas. Too. And they, I think they kind of rally, and they might be kicking around Christmas ideas throughout the year. Yeah. And they put together a, a. It's usually a very strong episode. Uh, like the first Timberlake one was. Around Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got, like, the dick, dick in, in the, the box, box and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and the wrapping uh, paper yeah, yeah, yeah. wrap. So yeah, but, but to be clear, I, I was uniquely just putting I in I wish it was I Christmas today. And um, I think it's one of my favorite SNL moments, period. Yeah. I think, I and Deepu, I'm going to say, I without even making my argument, I think you're going to lose by technicality, by this not being a Christmas episode special. But I will say what you have nominated is maybe one of my top five things of all time, including air and water. It is so specifically great. It also, like, for me, supplants Tracy Morgan as the best SNL player of all time. Yeah, yeah. It It is a magical moment. I... It's so I, fantastic. Just to it's be clear, so I don't even want to know. I want to know how Christmas and it's special. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm gonna. I'll wow. like stop there because I, I could get. We could get technical. Or we could get real, you know? I think the rules were just Look, thrown we back in our face. Like ideas, or are we talking words? Because this has all the words that we need. There's so much going on there. It's amazing. Uh, it's it is placed against uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Saved by the Bell I, much? I, I, I might need a refresher. So okay. Saved by the Bell was a show. I was a show. Saved by it was a TV show. Bell was <laughs> a teen show in the early nineties. About California originally started teens. off on the Disney Channel. You probably know about that, right? Yeah, the Miss Bliss. Good morning, yeah. Miss Bliss. Uh, oh. But anyway, so this was season three, episodes twenty-four and twenty-five. So is part. this like the core Saved by the Bell cast that yes. we know? Okay, good. Because it, it's some of the early, too early. You don't have certain people. Too late, you don't have certain people. Right. This is your this is your core cast. We're not talking last season. No Tori. No. Ugh, Tori. All right. So basically, <laughs> the premise is we spend the first act of the show giving um, everybody jobs that they didn't have in previous episodes. So now all of a sudden they all work at the mall. Jesse works at the the Santa photo hut and like Slater's a gift wrapper and now Kelly works at a mall at the like a clothing store with a new character we meet named Laura, I believe her name is. She's a, a new blonde who va 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 voom, Zach is instantly attracted mm-hmm. to. Is Slater into her as well? Uh so no. It's oh. it's just all about okay. Zach and Laura. <laughs> all right. And so Zach's mom is who is sometimes a character but Maybe we see her once or twice a season. She has got all the gang together to put on a play at the mall, which is basically oh, right. a version of A Christmas Carol. Oh, it's A Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. That's, yeah, it's A Christmas Carol. Uh, 
And so Laura, they get Laura to be in it, and she acts alongside Screech, and it's fantastic. And meanwhile, at the mall, we run into the guys are in the restroom, and they run into a man uh, shaving inside at the at the sink inside the men's restroom. Yes, yes, this is all coming to me yeah. like and in a we, bright flash. And then as he leaves, we uncover Zach like thinks, oh, I think he's homeless, mm. and then he goes out into the mall. And has like sort of a heart attack or some some sort of medical spell that Slater is there to help like save his life. And then cut back to uh, Mr. Moody doesn't want his employees, he's the owner of the clothing store, acting in this play that Zach's mom is putting on. So he is he's Mr. Scrooge. And yeah, he's like the real life Mr. Scrooge. He <laughs> accuses this Laura girl of stealing this jacket but he also zach kind of starts to believe her because she had stolen an apple because she was hungry because it turns oh out my God, she's, she homeless she's the she's the daughter of the guy from oh the bathroom my God. she's homeless that's right and they're homeless living in their car and then you know everyone comes together and christmas and zach's mom invites all of them back to the house uh for a christmas dinner and the father can't afford anything but he can yeah. give them the gift of song, so he gets on the play piano and I believe plays Silent Night, and the whole and the, cast sings the whole together. Cast and along. It's like it's a, that's that is a pitch perfect Christmas episode yeah, of a wonderful. TV show. Sorry, yeah. Raven. I, lo- I, I love the part when Screech was just jogging on the side for no reason <laughs> <laughs> during the whole episode. It's like why right, is Screech just there <laughs> jogging, right? But so I do love these giving the all this entire gang jobs when it's convenient to the they, plot. Yeah, they never they had never jobs. Had is so Ever. Funny. Well, no, one someone was a waitress at one one point. Oh, <laughs> oh Kelly, yeah, Kelly, that's yeah. Right, at the max. At yeah. The yeah. max. Yeah. She because Kelly's the poor one of the group. That's right. Yeah, that uh, was always uh, right. Laura's the poor one of the group. <laughs> but then Laura never is brought back ever again. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once they learn that she's homeless. <laughs> Zach has so many uh, girlfriends that he would invite into the uh, group for the length of one episode, and then it was like, peace out. Is the quintessential like Christmas episode of a show where, where we're taught this lesson and all this like great stuff. And it's- This is tough for me because Wish It Was Christmas, Christmas Day, although it's not really a Christmas special, it's a segment. Uh, yeah, it's sort of I like, feel like it it's could- a performance, four people performing a song. <laughs> That's special. <laughs> That's it's special. very special. There are a lot of lots of parts of it. It's just that so far in what we've seen as like a Christmas special, I think this hits every note. Yeah, it hits it similar to the thing I didn't add in, which I was very close to as the Full House Christmas special, which I, I deeply love. As you're retelling it, and I remembered that the old man was homeless. I thought, wait, is that is that homeless man? Is he actually Santa Claus? No, that's a mixing up Full House because in that one. The guy in the airport was Santa Claus. Yeah. Which I find oh. interesting because it also means in the canon of Full House. Santa Claus is a real person. Santa Claus is real. Right. Okay. I think so in, like in the world this, of Full House, magic is a thing. It's interesting because in this <laughs> in this world of like a television Christmas special episode. Might it, I, I don't know what it would push out because I don't know if I would have put in is uh, Seinfeld's Festivus, which I think is yes. amazing too. That it's like this is this episode in me is bringing up all of these. Cat, this whole subcategory yeah. of just on the nose. Let's take these characters that were used in other ways and build a Christmas story yeah. out of them. Because that Man, episode, I think if I'd have thought about that, that's a very good one. That Festivus is. Yeah, like, it's. I'm gonna have to go with the Save by the Bell one. I, I love. Wish it was because I was gonna today. say the Christmas um, the SNL sketch could win this whole thing 
yeah. by the fact that it is like one of it's the best things so ever. fantastic. Yeah. No, it's so but it feels like it's like yeah. Is it a another I feel like it's a archetype of a Christmas special or this really unique gem in the room? I'll throw in the Hershey Kiss commercial. That's the Carol of the Bells. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think what happened is you showed up to a, like you were the Bulls who showed up to a basketball tournament. Only Michael Jordan came. <laughs> You're like down eleven guys. Like obviously we win. Michael Jordan's I got here. But it's Michael Jordan. You're like, yeah, but you can't play five on one. All right, saved by the bell. Saved by the bell. All right. Woo. A Muppet Family Christmas versus NSYNC Nintendo Holiday Special. A very special piece of my childhood is a Muppet Family Christmas, 1987. And it is basically the closest to a Marvel's Avengers that the Muppet Empire ever had. Uh, it is, the idea is Doc and Sprocket from Fraggle Rock want to get away from, uh, you know, those stupid Fraggles. They go to a, uh, to rent out Fozzie's mom's house in oh, the country yes. because she's going to go Bermuda or Tampa, something exotic. But as Doc and Sprocket arrive, all of the Muppets uh, decide to surprise Fozzie's mom with the Christmas visit. As they already paid for the weekend, Doc and Sprocket are allowed to stay. And then their friends from Sesame show up because Kermit knows Sesame Street because he's re he's you know, works as a reporter on Sesame Street. Yeah. So they also show oh, of up. Of course. And then at some point... Robin, who's having, like, he's trying to figure out what Christmas is about kind of thing. Oh, he always does. Robin, who's very sad, goes down to the basement and finds a little glowing hole, goes inside, and it's the Fraggles. Oh, my God. And the Fraggles are celebrating their strange winter religion where they give each other a pebble, but they all give each other the same pebble, and they sing this, pass it on song. So then Robin brings the, the Fraggles up to the house to meet all of the Muppets and the Sesame Street characters. At some point, they're playing home movies that they found in uh, Fozzie's mom's uh, attic. Or Scooter, turn on the projector, because he's the tech guy. It's puppet versions of the Muppet Babies, because <gasps> they were all babies together. Which I've got questions about this canon, but is because this, where's Nanny in this whole situation? Is, yeah, is this pre or post? She might have Christmas Muppet off. Babies existing. Well, and this is post. It's because they were babies, right? Okay, so this right, is they're watching I mean, like, home does movies. Does this introduce the idea? This of is eighty-seven. No, this is eighty-seven. Muppet Babies were like introduced. 80s. Muppet Take Manhattan in a flashback. Yeah, as puppets. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then like, I loved that so much. <laughs> and then at the very end. Jim Henson peeks his head out from like behind no the door, way. looking on proud at his creations. Oh my god! Uh, it's just—it's got to be on YouTube. Oh, oh yeah, oh, man! I already wrote it down. It's yeah. the first thing I'm gonna do. <laughs> Does Robin oh. have like a really sad oh. song? Robin sings Jingle Bells so slow and so sad and so sad <laughs> that Baby Zara would love it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah. me more about the saddest yeah, so character. That, so let me hear about the in NSYNC, I think, in, intimate holiday. Right. You're, you're, you, you guys know the correct spelling of NSYNC is asterisk, N-S-Y-N-C. And then we've got intimate, so it's just the capital N, <laughs> capital I-N-T. So intimate but no, holiday. But no asterisk. No, I don't believe so. <laughs> 
All right, this is so this is like peak in sync, post no strings attached. So if that came out March 2000, pre Adele, this is the biggest album of all time. Mm-hmm. Sold two and a half million That's true. copies. That, that is yeah. 100% true. Two, two and a half million copies in a week. They, they had a summer tour. They're like, their tour is like bigger than anything the Rolling Stones ever did. It's like just, just gigantic. But it's they sad were, to say, but they were Beatles big. They were Beatles big. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. But anyway, so later that a- year. Insane. <laughs> yeah, crushing it. Um, so yeah, later that year they have uh, this Christmas special. It airs on Fox, and it's basically it's your typical Christmas special with a. It's got a few Christmas songs uh, scattered throughout. They had in the not, late '90s a very big, like platinum selling Christmas album that they had songs to pull from. And so, but they're doing all their no strings attached hits, like slightly different. It takes place inside of a circus tent. So along the like the themes of the uh, marionettes and stuff of the album, uh, they're all wearing like these hilarious like '90s uh, turtlenecks and stuff, and like ribbed sweaters, right? Rib, yeah, <laughs> so many ribbed sweaters. And <laughs> but is then, this where "Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays" is from, or was that separate? That was that was off of their Christmas album. So this is like you know every year there's like. You know, big Christmas special. Like, I think Adele has one this year coming out. Buble's Lady always Gaga got these things. Lady Gaga had one last year. Yeah. yeah. I think they're always very fun to watch. This is kind of one of those things. I'm a pop music fan, but for, and like, I'm not, like, I don't geek out over anything or, like, for some reason, like, just NSYNC was, like, it for me. I don't know why. I just, I'm a, a singer, and I thought they were, like, for whatever reason, they were, like, the other archetype of Christmas specials, of right? Christmas like, special is, right? There's animated Christmas special, and then there's the like musical extravaganza Christmas exactly. special. They uh, had just written a song for the uh, the Grinch movie, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Bringing that back, uh, wow. called uh, "You Don't Have to Be Alone." Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. So they they sing that song, which is fantastic. And then the other beats of the sket or of the show are. Coming out of every commercial break, you go and follow one of the guys and what they do in their personal life. So to date the special, Joey Fatone is on set filming his role in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh my God. Which he had her <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like Justin Timberlake is in the studio doing a duet with Brian McKnight that he mm. just filmed. These aren't made up things. Well, they're made- No, it's like it's like documentary style going and fo- oh, following. Cool. Was Lance preparing to go to the moon? <laughs> Lance was current Yes, I do remember that. Lance was currently running a uh, management company called Freelance Entertainment, which so he he had this artist, I think her name was Meredith Edwards, that he was taking to the CMAs. You see Chris Kirkpatrick go he's go he goes to Macy's to like <laughs> To, to talk to buyers about his like failed T-shirt line oh, called yes. Fu Mansquito, yeah. so he's like in a he's like in a business meeting like showing off these like baby tees <laughs> for like a favorite thing. I probably watch it every year. You, you can find it online on yeah, YouTube. You can find it. It's on YouTube in like parts, like five parts or something. <laughs> it rings of the time, but also it doesn't feel necessarily dated. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Although I will say circus and Christmas clash a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's a weird theme. We need to wait, listen, we have to put the circus theme in here because how are people going to know? Because it's, this album's been out uh, nine months and hasn't sold <laughs> enough copies yet. No, I've got a, I've got a yacht on yeah. order. <laughs> we got to get Lance Bass to space. Yeah, because we have to Aww. remember too, this is, this is pre, what, what year is this pre 9 11? This was 2000, yeah. Two, 
right pre 9-11. This is probably an interesting time capsule because this is mu- the music world before, yeah, before oh, yeah. Napster. Like this is when people were buying CDs. They were at the height of the hubris of the record industry. Sure. Right? Whereas it was insane. Yeah, and then music changed because the world changed, right. and then the internet changed it completely. Um, so I, I'm interested to I'm going I'm going to write that down to watch that because I'm interested yeah, yeah, to you should. Yeah, no, see that time capsule of like pre-internet pre 9/11. Everything it's probably so positive, right? Oh yeah, there's probably for sure. not a dark hint. There's no. nothing they need to reference. The three Christmas songs they do. Their version of Oh Holy Night, I don't know if you are familiar with it, the album version or like this live version. I've it. heard it. I've heard it's it. It's my favorite Christmas song. It is so f- fantastic. So that alone is like bumps it up as a fave. Remember, I have got more stories about Robin the Frog. Yeah. Sorry, so I'm basically I, my votes oh. are just for the saddest character in each of the <laughs> shows. Well, how sad is, is Kirkpatrick? Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Uh, I this it's hard because it's like for me the Muppet thing is like a nostalgia like oh my childhood favorite thing versus and that's thing what Insync is for me it's my nostalgia yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he the lot of your argument was how good it is versus yeah. how much you personally like love it as a singular like fave thing to you. I love it. I, I watch it most years. Yeah. But we're uh, missing the voices of angels. That's what I mean. Like, that, like it really <laughs> right. is. Like, there's this like other well, side you don't Christmas, think that, that, which you is don't like, understand. Robin and like, the Fraggles are an angel? When the Sesame Street gang does the uh, <laughs> Night Before Christmas poem, Bert and Ernie are playing oh, Ma and Pa. And you have too many weapons in your arsenal over there. It's not fair. Bert is dressed as Ma. <laughs> oh, interesting. I would think it'd be the other way around. <laughs> He's very upset to be dressed like Ma. <laughs> Is he now? All right, well, that gets my vote. <laughs> you did it. I'm still you stuck did it. in sync. We have I mean, <laughs> I, I feel, Brandon, I don't feel I'm getting enough nostalgic appreciation. Oh, yeah, I'm not, are there if any cameos? I'm getting I, like, you could have watched this last night. I could have watched it last night and told you how, what's so great about it. Okay, I've got a lot why of nostalgia. Why is it great? Why is it great to you? Nostalgia wise, I did, I've watched every year and it's, be, it became up until the internet, it became harder and harder to find. It was gone because of all the rights issues. Like in it, I remember like going through forums, like, Oh, this is like, this is like lost in the way that the star Wars Christmas special is. It's like, it will never come. It will never come back. But I think, that is kind of what makes it kind of so special and amazing is that this is one thing that hasn't been marketed to death and like repackaged. It's this little freeze frame in time of the Muppets at their highest right before Jim Henson dies. Right. Like he appears in the, this is 87. He's not around for much longer. And think about it, what is it? Two years later? Yeah. 87 and he's dead? And like that's like, this is probably him. I'm doing great now. I've got a billion ideas. Let's let's do. Let's get the Muppets and everyone. The Muppets had this beautiful runway ahead of them, and this was them going, "What can't we do?" And then after his death, it, they crumble, right? And it, yeah. they've recovered. A, Disney's done their best with them, but they haven't recovered. It hasn't been at the level that this is at. As a child, I really believe the Muppets existed. My imaginary friends as a child were the Muppets. There's a lot of deep nostalgia for me there. And this special, there's this tangible, handmade wonder. Very few things can be made today to replicate. Now, Jason, did you play with imaginary 
friends of NSYNC <laughs> characters? Like, were you, were you like, Justin Timberlake's? Because, yeah. like, if you didn't, if you didn't have like, um, I guess like closet time with <laughs> Lance Bass. <laughs> I might have to switch over to the Muppets. No, but I, I guess my argument for this would just be that it feels like the other 14 things, maybe aside from Saved by the Bell, all bring with them a certain bit of magic. And this kind of is just like filling the void of those other kind of Christmas special archetypes. Well, Bill Murray Christmas has that a little bit. It doesn't is happen that? the same. I'm back on board, Jason. <laughs> no, there is like there is this like primetime... Who's, right. Like, what's the biggest thing you can do in this moment right now that all of America is going to, like, freak the fuck out about, right? And it It's like next week's Adele Christmas special thing or what, live from New York kind of thing. It's a real, a like, bit. a true special. It's like taking the, the biggest well, cultural moment of right this, now. It's that TV like, events like they tried to do with The Wiz. Exactly. Yeah. There's something, yes. like, that, like, captured Christmas with it in a way that that's part of it, right? Let's. I think Muppet Family Christmas was probably an event. Right. This is it's, so, it's the argument of like Christmas Forever versus Christmas Two Thousand. Yeah. You know, it was like so. <laughs> that was the thing of this Christmas year. Versus like Christmas Forever. Like it's a like, time capsule of right. what Two Thousand was. Timeless timelessness versus an amazing moment in time. Ooh, Zara. I also, I, I, I hate to do this too, but I think it's just about separating, like, there's a certain uniqueness amongst... A very Murray Christmas is the exact thing. How is it not the exact oh, thing? Oh, Bill Murray... Uh, what, no, what you're saying to me, it is the same thing. It is an event, uh, cameo-driven... Uh, yeah, but one's like a TV pretentious event special. and the other no, one's like a middle same. American no, but event. No, like, no they're, they're the same different. thing. They're the same thing, Deepu. They're just the different times version of that. Yeah. Thing. There's no way the Bill Murray audience is the, the same audience that was picking <laughs> no, up the answer. No, like, I, I cannot same, agree with it. Like, mean, it's not it's a different times version. Like, they're, they're hitting like different demographics. No, of the moment, oh, no, of the moment, what's more a web only streaming Netflix Christmas special with. But like, it's still a thing that's trying to like. Use the magic of Christmas and that sort of thing. It's a it's a bigger. It's trying to do a bigger thing than this like clear, like populist extravaganza. I'm me for me. I miss the boy band thing completely. Yeah. Like totally, completely. I'm fascinated to see it, but it has no emotional res resonance sure. for me. But it sounds like a really cool. And I also thing. feel like if I had ever if I had seen this Muppet thing one time, I would have caved so fast. It's also insane that this argument has lasted this yeah. long. I, the Muppets can win. It's so fine. I think okay. I gave in only in that like. It was like beaten down. As long as, beat, as, long as this down. argument is 20 minutes long in the podcast, in the final thing, I love it. Because I think NSYNC's intimate holiday special got so much more than it's just due here. Round two, a Charlie Brown Christmas versus South Park. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. We haven't talked about it. This is the anniversary of Charlie Brown's Christmas. This is 50 years, right? Yeah. yeah. And why they Made pushed out that movie, which is probably fine. But we all know Charlie Brown. We haven't talked about it. It ended up on two people's lists. It's our number one seed in the Favatron. I'm going to have to say Charlie Brown's Christmas, and I'm the one that put Mr. Hanky in. I Guys, it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, like, do we even have to make an argument for no, this? I don't or, think... I, no. Do we save the Not at argument. this level, we don't need to. No. no. Okay, we save the argument for... You just came in and, like, it was a one-punch knockout. It's kind yeah. of... Like, yeah. 
Emmett Otter's Jug Bent Christmas versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, well, I'm making this decision for... I know bo- both were put into the competition by myself, but uh, Otter. No, clearly. Rudolph! Whoa! The Otter. <laughs> You're not going to make a hot decision on this one. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm siding with Zara for the moment Because here's the thing. Because it's Muppets again. Sorry, but... Muppets are... Obviously, I think, very... <laughs> Touch a nerve for Brandon, as we've learned in this competition. <laughs> but for me, I think re-watching Rudolph, Rudolph is annoying. Sure. They're hilarious, awesome, fever dream like sequences in this. But it's like it's it's like um it's a small world of the, style. Can we talk about when the the sound his no- his nose makes is could be the worst sound in the world. Is it like no, it's like oh. Okay, <laughs> so again, a point for Emmett Otter. I, I just love the story of Emmett Otter and the puppets. Muppets are out of control, adorable. I know, some of the, my favorite. The claymation, uh, I mean, I know it might not be, there's no other claymation. Like a puppet? On the, on the, <laughs> like a yeah, puppet. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Real-time well, claymation. They're also, they're also, they're not claymation. They are also puppets. Yes. Yeah. But stop motion. Stop, stop motion, motion puppets. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. Uh, you kill Rudolph, you kill a genre competing in the tournament. Whereas later on, you're, it's going to be Muppets versus Muppets. <laughs> it's like, do we yeah. want... Rudolph full Muppet like battle. Uh, I mean, Otter wasn't in the Muppet family Christmas. Uh, maybe should have been. Like, because we just haven't nominated any other stop motion of those classic. Yeah. I love Emmett Otter. I will say for Rudolph that, excuse me, it has been telecast every year since 1964, making it the longest running Christmas TV special in history. Yeah. Yeah, What I will say uh, for Rudolph uh, and why I'm going to, this pains me to say, but move to Rudolph is that, uh, it almost doesn't feel like Christmas until I see it. I uh, but I also think while that it act, seeing even just like a thirty second clip or a commercial for it not only activates the current Christmas but also like sets you back. I can remember like a specific night on a specific like childhood year of like in my family living room watching that thing. It like just takes you back instantly to the first time you saw that special. Like, yes. So we're going with Rudolph. And I also say that Emmett, it's a beautiful story. It's not necessarily a Christmas story. Yes, they're buying each other presents. Yeah, it's more wintery. there's nothing Christmas right. about it, there's, there's really not much Christmas about yeah. it. And that's true. It's just winter. I I think it's because they're getting each other Christmas gifts. I don't think there's even a Christmas tree in that movie. No. Do they, even, do they even say Christmas gifts? Or is it just they're buying gifts for each other in the winter kind of thing? I oh, think, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think it does involve Christmas. Okay. Well, who knows? In that critter world, maybe Jesus never happened. All right. So no, I will say, if you haven't seen Emmett Otter's Christmas, Jug Bang Christmas. Jug Bang Christmas. Guys, I wrote it down. You got it. <laughs> you got All it. Right. How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus A Very Murray Christmas. We got the the old man living in his high cave. Bill Murray. And then the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we base that who has more wrinkles? <laughs> like... The Grinch was my number five. Like, it was on my list ready to be in. And it... And for me, I'd say more so than Rudolph, when I see the Grinch, I know yeah. exactly where I was every year. Oh, like, I have more... I feel like the Grinch for me was more of a... Yeah. 
Yeah. The oh, Grinch tradition. is great. I'm on board with The Grinch also. Saved by the Bell, Season 3, Episodes 24 to 25, Home for Christmas versus A Muppet Family Christmas. Right, let's count. He's just grinning. Let's do some stats. How many homeless people in that Muppet movie? <laughs> I think all the Fraggles. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like several of... Actually, Big no, Bird sleeps all the, outside. Well, the Fraggles, they, some of them have homes. They have got little cave homes. I think many of the Sesame Street characters are homeless. Yeah. They live like, on the streets of Queens. Oscar the Grouch. So He's yeah, in a trash, he's can. A trash can. Literally in a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's home. Who am I to say? The only uh, ones that have homes are Bert and Ernie and Elmo. Yeah, they live in Gordon and Maria's building. I love the twist of the beautiful girl being the oh, daughter man. of the homeless, homeless man. man. And then she has to steal an apple. Like, get something yeah. more calories. I love it. Right. Love it. Is she Aladdin? Like, <laughs> Here's the thing. I can understand if you guys go with Saved by the Bell, because I really like that special. I think it stands for a category of things that weren't mentioned, but the Muppets does have an icy patch that they all slip on, and it's kind of hilarious. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, this thing, this whole episode takes place in a mall, and what is more like, Christmas than Christmas. Christmas. Than the, than <laughs> the, the 90s mall. mall. No, I, the 90s mall like, doesn't get more Christmas than And a pageant. Yeah. So, doesn't one of them work as Santa Claus? Uh, no. Oh, I forgot to, oh, I forgot yeah. to mention this. The whole gang gets dressed up as Santa and his elves, and they go visit sick kids in a hospital. It's oh. like barely related. I love it. I vote it's for, like for, no, <laughs> like, like, for right? Saved by the Bell. Yeah. They like forgot to put Saved by the Bell. See, sometimes you hold back that key information. Yeah. Round three, a Charlie Brown Christmas versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, this is like, this is a big battle. So we haven't talked much about no, we haven't had to how chat much. great Charlie Brown is. Oh. Right, and I think it's great, but it, it also secretly gets in actual. There's a huge Christian, biblical passage in it. That a, gets actual Christian yeah. Bible passages into a network TV show. Yeah, although it is a different time, but still, we play it every single year. It's been argued too that it was like the first star of the half-hour animated, like Christmas special. Right, so like preceding the Grinch was the Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, it set the tone that this is, like, what you're supposed to do on Christmas is, like, make this beautiful story for half an right, hour. Right, and, like, uh, what's his name? Bill Melendez? The guy who, crew, like, does all the animation and stuff? He was, like, he was a guy who, if I remember... The Menendez like, brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his name's oh, Lyle Menendez. <laughs> um, he was a guy who, I think, used to work for, like, an ad agent, maybe McCann or something, yeah. that did ads for Ford, mm-hmm. which were... Because Charles Schultz only ever drove Fords, he <laughs> was like he. They were the first people allowed to use the peanuts in any advertising. Yeah, he did the ad. The ads. Oh. For it. Charles Schultz was so resistant to animating the but, peanuts because if they would lose the two dimensionality. Well, also they don't, and I think he does a brilliant job of it. But the peanuts have different shapes depending on what. Oh sure. Oh like, what yeah. direction they're facing. Yeah, it's all like- sort of the integrity of the two-dimensional strip. Yeah. The struggle there is, so there's, but he just did the best version of it and didn't want, so Schultz and Melendez, Menendez, as we're calling him, (laughs) had this, like, bond, and they basically went to, 
you know, people were wanting to make this special, and they finally uh, agreed to do this. I think it was like six, 1965. And this kicked off all of the... All of the things. But it was also, you know... But all, all the Peanuts specials, right? Sure, of course. Great Pumpkin wouldn't exist. Right. Uh, the not-so-great Thanksgiving one Oh, that's so one weird, because I feel like I assumed Great Pumpkin was the first. It's no, this. it's Christmas. And, and, oh. they, and the, he was, like, very insistent to not have a laugh track. Yeah. In it, which was great move. Uh, should we talk even about like the general like premise of it, or people just know people are well, so the, the premise this, is right? that the peanuts are throwing a Christmas pageant, pageant right. and because it's Christmas, finally nice to Charlie Brown and allow him to direct the Christmas pageant, which is like, why would you allow him to do it? He's a blockhead. It doesn't go so great. And so they like, hey, Charlie Brown, get out of here. You stink at directing. And so they allow him to go get the Christmas tree. He goes with Linus because Linus is the one guy that puts up with him. And they go to the Christmas tree store. They get a uh, and there's all aluminum Christmas trees, not even fake. That, was, uh, what's aluminum Christmas that trees? That was a thing. A I was thing? reading something about well, this not too long like ago. Like hollow aluminum Christmas that, that trees. That was kind of it was on trend. Wow! And the resurgence of real Christmas trees in people's homes is like almost entirely attributed to to this movie. To this wow. What? And wow. so they, you know, they, they bring the Christmas tree back. It's awful Christmas tree. But after Linus reads the Bible, they decide that uh, Charlie Brown's not such a bad guy. It's not such a bad tree. And they wave their hands over it magically, and it becomes a nice tree. Yeah. <laughs> but the other Can part that's missing is the uh, ice skating scene where they crack the whip. Vince Guaraldi trio's beautiful jazz music. Yeah. Which is also the other star of the film that is, again, nothing to do with the plot. That's the great part about Charlie Brown that, Christmas oh, is that there's like all these different elements also to it. the the best thing about uh perhaps the best thing about a charlie brown christmas was your number one uh fave thing on your list a Chris, christmas time is here as you called <laughs> i fused them into one thing <laughs> yeah. now at one point in my life i would have said it's no competition rudolph because i love the mythology that rudolph Brings, I think it's also and fast. creates. It's yeah. like it nonsense creates. story. <laughs> What's the timeline? Christmas special versus song. Rudolph. So Red Rudolph, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was a, uh, I believe it was a song written for a department store to promote a department store yeah, in the forties. Like so this poem too. Yeah, I also f- find a lot of it fascinating with how Sa- Santa Claus is kind of a jerk. Yeah, like and grumpy. The race. We didn't even get into the whole racist side of it. There's definitely some racism going on. Everyone in the North Pole is awful. Yeah. Well, they're Everyone's really mean so to Rudolph. Mean. Because all that was in the song, well, it was to, like they wouldn't to, let him play the reindeer game. So there's a whole white thing privilege. Of him. <laughs> 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 and to Herm, they're so mean to Hermes. Yeah, they're mean to Hermes because he wants to be. Wait, is that her? Yeah, Hermes her, her wants to be a dentist. Yeah. And that's not allowed. Like, you have to conform. It's very scary. But who's yeah. more anhedonic, the doll or Charlie Brown? <laughs> we, yeah. We don't know. Or Linus. It's weird. Like, Macy's uh, in Herald Square, because of the anniversary, their uh, windows They're are just, peanuts, right? just Peanuts characters in the iconic scenes. And that... Even it's it's just as Christmassy as Santa, and I find that pretty amazing. Yeah. So are we, are we voting for Charlie Brown? Yeah. yeah. Charlie Brown. How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus Saved by the Bell, Season 3, Episodes 24 to 25, Home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So Grinch for Saved by the Bell. Let's let's talk Saved by the Bell first, guys. <laughs> oh, well, I have a question about this, and I I, I forget through time. Uh, where's Mister Belding and all of this? That is a great. I don't I don't think he's in the episode. He's off because it's Christmas time, right? right? He's off. And <laughs> Belding doesn't shop at the mall, dude. No, no, he does he catalog the only. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think he, he probably went has... on vacation to get away from those darn <laughs> probably, kids. Probably, yeah. Mr. Moody versus the Grinch. Like, you've got two, like, Moody dudes. Iconic. You know, I, <laughs> I our tree is littered with Mr. Moody ornaments. I feel like as a four seed, Saved by the Bell had a pretty good run. I think Saved by the Bell has been commended for getting this far. Yeah, yeah I, think I think the Grinch is the, got more of my Christmassy special. Yeah, yeah uh, like, it gives you the feels. But we sure. love Saved by the Bell for, like, making it this far and for representing all our, it's, I feel like it's become the, the totem of our, <laughs> it's it's the real totem. love the to- of t- like Christmas oh, specials, Christmas yes. TVs. TVs. It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's done a great job of representing yeah, Festivus and all the rest. Exactly. Of yeah. Final round: A Charlie Brown Christmas versus How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, there was one piece of information I was saving about a Charlie Brown Christmas that I didn't mention. I'll oh, say before good. you start, I'm glad we're on the same team in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that. Peppermint Patty was the first lesbian I saw. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I feel like that's relevant. I, I don't for know sure, for sure. Is. I mean, I feel like we didn't talk enough about the music of A Charlie Brown Christmas and like how because of it, that jazz score that is – Charles Schultz didn't like it. That was a that was a Menendez brother choice. <laughs> <laughs> he was given control to pick the music, and uh, went with Vince Guaraldi. And it was like such a great decision in that it allows so easily for a Charlie Brown Christmas to exist outside of you watching it on TV. Yeah, and allows Charlie Brown Christmas to like sprinkle throughout Christmas in your car, in stores, and you just you uh, like. It means so much more than that special. Also, like it, be, you know, it's like a, it's like a Christmas hug throughout the season, and like and a never, really non-obnoxious hug too. Like it I was just to say, I never get sick of that yeah. song, and I'll start yeah. listening to that song any time of the year because yeah. it's perfect. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. But then, same thing can be said about the Grinch because the Grinch, I think, is uh, it's fascinating that. Uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, Ted Giesel called this the easiest book. It basically flowed out of him. And all those, anytime a creation flows out of a writer or a songwriter, I always find it interesting. Like there was almost like a, it was floating in the air or is gifted through time to wrote that. Once in a while, you'll see the Charlie Brown story parodied or adapted. Grinch, that's. It created a, a, a story, sure. right? A unique story that has been transformed and used by so many other Christmas specials. It, than that, but the idea of like someone trying to ruin everyone else's Christmas. Yeah. Right? That is, I, know, I don't know why this is the first one that comes to my head, but they did it in Glee. The Glee Christmas special involves the Sue Sylvester trying to steal all the presents. Someone's like, oh, let's throw a Christmas thing together. Or let's have the bad person try to steal everyone's presents. Right. right? And, and like in Garfield Christmas. Yes. Garfield, is Garfield not a Grinch? He's not a Grinch. <laughs> and and that, that, created, that created a word. Like, he invented that. 
kind of like a Scrooge, the same kind of thing. But you could say like, that guy's a real Grinch and everyone knows what that means. I find that kind of incredible. Oh like, no, I was just saying one thing we didn't mention, not to, I don't know if this pushes anyone in any direction, but the Grinch, I didn't realize this until when I was re- researching this afternoon, that Bella Lugosi is the narrator? Uh, Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, that's what it is. Karloff! Karloff! <laughs> but I had no idea. The guy who sings the song is a guy named Ravencroft, who is the man who sings the Haunted Mansion Whoa, song. Whoa, Raven, uh, You guys, I uh, uh, can't see this because it's a podcast, but my face perked up so much when somebody said Raven. <laughs> Big argument for Charlie Brown Christmas, which is a thing I don't think no one else has done since. The use of actual kid voices in that is so fantastic. And Charlie Brown's sister, she must be like four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New movie aside, it's untainted for 50 years. Whereas I could argue... That the 2000 Grinch movie <laughs> does a lot to yeah. dilute the magic it of the Grinch Christmas. story. It stole Christmas. It stole, <laughs> how, how the Grinch Grin- stole How the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they just read the Bible the- for so long. I know. Like, <laughs> what, what is more Christmas than just reading the Bible? I was re- like with jazz music playing. I was like it. reading like uh, an article, like the ten facts or, or something about a Charlie Brown Christmas. And like, in order to read that full passage, you have to like scroll on your house. Like, it's it's long, it's lengthy, and they just like they just we're doing this. And I eat it up. Yeah. I'm not even Christian, and I'll sit there and like placidly yeah. watch it and like yeah. feel so relaxed. It's so good. Oh, it's yeah, so no, relaxing. I would take that argument if you weren't Christian and then you saw it and then you became. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> no, it was interesting. You know that whole thing about Christmas trees not coming popular until this movie came out. Um, the yeah. same thing happened with um, Christianity. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> we gotta check out what's this Bible thing. We gotta check this out. What, what's yeah. that? What's that book Linus has? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, Linus, that really Linus got, guy saying yeah, some pretty interesting things. And people really got into jazz and have been for fifty years. <laughs> Jazz became the number one American art form. <laughs> a lot of the, our, our classic Christmas specials and the uh, stories that have evolved as we're talking about um, come in that 60s time, starting the consumerism of America starting to happen. And these both have that theme. Oh, yeah. Of, they so both strong. have that yeah. theme of like something's happening to Christmas uh, and it's going to change forever. And both of these stories are like, stop, that's not what it's about. And then. Years later, they make a say by the Bell Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get it. Before, I wasn't sure. Yeah, the very top of the Say by the Bell episode, it's like Zach's like, wait, guys, what is Christmas really about? And then they all run to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas didn't come from a store. It's what they, that they really do have the exact same moral. But So which one sells it better? I just love the music and Charlie. I gotta Brown go with so Chuckles much. Brown too. It just says Christmas in the, like the way I love it the best. No, but the story that they're trying to tell, I think Grinch does it better. From a very quick first glance, Charlie Brown is the more identifiable character to the average experience versus the Grinch. Grinch? I think so. I don't know. I think Grinch might be more more recognizable. I th- I recognizable versus identifiable. I think oh. you can like put yourself in Charlie Brown's. Yeah, well, because in the Grinch, the character the the character that the viewers are supposed to see the story through is Max. Right. 
right? And we're seeing the story through Charlie Brown. And so I have to say here that I'm, I'm battling here, and I deeply love a Charlie Brown's Christmas. Yeah. I love Charles Schultz. I love the Menendez brothers. <laughs> but Which I, one? But, but uh, Ted Giesel, uh, Dr. Seuss, is pretty... I, what, I mean, it's that's why we got two one seeds and they're both in the finals. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's just, that's why I don't feel bad because one of them is number two yeah. then. Too many of the Dr. Seuss stories once taken out of his hands have been just unfortunately 3% tainted. So, uh, I, uh, just enough to like knock it down to I'm the almost two. ready to tip it, but I think maybe our views would be different if we would have seen the Charlie Brown movie. <laughs> Possibly. No. You think? I, no, it's just... Well, because that was one of the arguments against the Grinch. Oh, well... But it's... But that's this, just an argument. But this yeah. movie isn't a Charlie Brown Christmas the movie. It's true. That's true. Which yeah, one day will happen. Sure. So, yeah. shall we put it to a vote? I'm going to go Chuckles Brown. Charlie. My boy Brownie, baby. All right. Charlie. The Totes Babe Christmas Specials. Number five, A Muppet Family Christmas. Number four, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Number three, Saved by the Bell, season three, episodes 24 to 25, Home for Christmas. Number two, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number one, A Charlie Brown Christmas. So now that we survived that, let's find out what everyone is obsessed with right now. It's our fave of the week. So I'm obsessed with it this week, but it's from a while ago. But I uh, recently went to a Suffy and Stevens concert, and then all this talk of Christmas reminded me how great oh, his 2006 album Songs for Christmas is. Oh, It's yeah. like a beautiful compilation of songs. They're heartwarming. He tried again with an album, I think, last year called Silver and Gold, which is like a little hard to listen to. So go back to the classic and uh, bake some cookies while listening to it. I put them all into one playlist and then shuffle it so that yeah, you get like a taste all of, of it everything. together. It's mm-hmm. so fantastic. Yeah. Big obsession of the fall, Survivor, the TV show, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about <laughs> uh, this new app, which you may, guys may or may not have heard of. It's a game called Her Story. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I've it heard, is, heard Basically, it's a game for uh, Steam or your iPhone, your iPad, and it is... Basically, you are given a bunch of a database and a bunch of videos of a woman's police interviews from like the mid 90s. Full motion videos. Full motion video. Oh, and you're clicking so. around and th- using search databases trying to uncover like the story of this like woman or like crack. You think maybe cracking a case and you're just sort of like digging. But the only thing you have to do. To use, it's like search terms. So every word within the video is encoded and written down oh. so you can search by things she says. So you're given one word at the top is murder, and you get five results. And then you, so you watch these videos, and then from the information gleaned from those, you just start going. And you have like, there's 80 or 90 videos, two, three hours worth of stuff. And we watched it over the weekend. We went to a cab, uh, some friends of mine went to a cabin upstate and we spent like four hours digging through these things and like uncovering the story. It was just, that's a fun part of the game. It's so fun. And it's a thing you could play by yourself. And they, they, there's these like features where you can tag, you can add your own tags to every video based on kind of what you learn, I think. But if you play it with like a group of people, people kind of remember what's going on. And I don't want to give anything about a way about what the story is. 
last year, everyone was talking about this game called Gone Home, which was kind of another like deconstruction of how to tell a story. And that one is where you're kind of wandering around a house and picking up pieces of paper. Uh, and oh, I, stuff. I did hear, I think, a little and bit about this. And it told this, this yeah. amazing story sad story about a family uh, that had lived in the house. But it, it, this her story seems to be this year's gone home. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So my favorite of the week is Star Wars Rebels. And I, with leading up to Star Wars, I'm trying to suck in as much of the new in-canon Star Wars things. And I had kind of put off Rebels and I had a friend that was just like, no, no, you have to watch it, you have to watch it. And it is very good. And it's more... Uh, complex and I'm not saying more adult, but it's less kid than you thought. It's on Disney XD, which is like the teen Disney channel. And as it goes on, it seems to get more interesting and the story becomes more interweaving. It takes place between episode three and four. So it's about how the Rebel Alliance rose to power. And it is George Lucas never touched it. They've got a really good team working on it. The animation is very Pixar y and doesn't get in the way of the story. Uh, and they'd have fun cameos of different characters. One fun cameo that blew away my mind and was the robot, for, the original robot from Star Tours was piloting a ship at oh. one point. But it's a half hour. And same thing with watching Transparent recently. I was just like, there should be more things that are half hour. Half hour, it's nothing wrong with something's sure. a half hour. I got through like five episodes of Star Wars Rebels the other night because they were a half hour. There's just something about something that can keep your attention and then just like get to a climax yeah. and move on to the next story beat. You say what platform this is or where do you watch this? And that's online. It's on all the online But is things. it like a on, okay. Yeah. Is it native to that or was it on TV? No, it's on Disney XD, oh, which okay, as Deepa would okay. kind of tell us is the more grown up Disney channel. It's a little too old for me. <laughs> my fave of the week is something that you showed me unroll me i would vote for that unroll me yeah. unroll dot me life changing is and it was fully i think i started it what was it a week ago two weeks ago yeah. but it was today where i finally had that feeling oh so let me explain it for, it's not an app it's a it is an app it's an app. You can call it an app. It's a yeah. website app. It's a it's a website app, but you do, you download it through a website. You're you can, not you through can the go app on store. The website. You can go on the app store. It's yeah, wherever web um, things are found. And what it does is it hooks up to your email and then pulls out any basic not it takes spam. about five minutes. It goes through every it goes through every single email. email. It identifies emails that seem like spam, but it's not like or, or, or it just seems it's like not new, spam. It's not spam. newsletters. It seems like newsletters. newsletters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just newsletters. Newslet it's newsletters and Macy's.com and Madewell.com. Things you've signed up for. Or whatever, Anything. Yeah. Anytime and you've that bought something you can, from anywhere. And, and I always have this thing where like year, like a, maybe a year ago I decided like I'm just going to hit unsubscribe on every one of these. And even if you do that, it, it doesn't never matter. Ends. It, it never, never ends. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them don't care if you hit unsubscribe. Some of them only unsubscribe you from that type of their 50 types of emails right. that they send. Yeah. And this, what it does, it's very smart. It, just it creates a folder in your Gmail or your whatever your email provider is, and then uh, and it thing. pulls them out, so they don't even hit your inbox. They it's don't like, even hit your it inbox. Changes your life. It changes your life, and yeah. then you can select certain ones that you want to go into your role, and then because I uh, want to know when there's a J Crew yeah, factory and then once sale. Once a day, you get all of the emails that you want in your role. Basically, the day after I did it, I was almost had PTSD. 
where I'm like, where's the emails? And where's the notifications? Where's the dings? And I realized like, it's because I wasn't having to archive three newsletters every yeah. 10 minutes. Like, I think like anyone now, a job where you're in front of your computer and your email is open all day and you just see those like amazon.com pop and all you do is delete. But that action of deleting is the most soul destroying You're probably doing thing. it 300 times a day. Yeah. yeah. And it, it works so well. So un- unroll.me. Completely free. Yeah. Works. Jason, where can people find you? Uh, I would point them towards my Twitter, which I very sporadically use. But um, when you do, you, you're on point. Oh, I, I'm like on Twitter every day. Yeah. That's at Jason Flowers with a Z. You can find me there. And I'm also, I don't know, wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. Okay. Deepu. Um, I'm at VP Murdy on Twitter, and I found out also on Instagram. <laughs> also on Instagram. <laughs> also on Instagram. I'm thinking okay. about um, posting my fourth ever picture on Instagram this week, so... Oh, oh tease. What a tease. I'm on Twitter sometimes. That's our FS. And if you so want to watch late night television, you can watch Watch What Happens Live on Bravo because sometimes they make up puns for that. So if you like puns, they're there. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BB Warner and my comedy history show, Laughing Historically, at youtube.com slash laughinghistorically. If you like Totes Faves, please give us a Christmas present and rate, review, and subscribe to us on the iTunes. You can find Totes Notes and past episodes of Totes Faves and Laughing Historically on yetycore.com. And Mulder. It doesn't take an advanced degree in psychology to understand the unconscious yearnings that these imaginings satisfy. You know, the longing for immortality, the hope that there's something beyond the mortal coil, that we might never be long without our loved ones. I mean, these are powerful, powerful desires. I mean, they're the very essence of what makes us human. The very essence of Christmas, actually. Ho, ho, ho. The end. That was Santa saying goodbye. <laughs> YetiCore.com Legendary Show